Hello, everybody. This is Lighten Up on Israel News Talk Radio. Kind of a different vibe this week. My name is Steve Miller, and it is today's date is Monday, of course, October 16th, and it is the 10th day of the war uh, with Hamas. And uh, my co-host today is the lovely Tamar Yona. Tamar, are you there? I am here with you. Nice, nice. Um, it's kind of uh, surreal for me. I know and I just wanted to start off by saying, first of all, this happens to be our 100th episode of uh, of Lighten Up on Israel News Talk Radio. That's right. And I, I, I remember when we did the 50th show, I wasn't even living in Israel. <laughs> and... See, you come I, uh, to Israel, and this is what happens. War breaks out, Stephen. What'd you say? I was making a dark joke, a black joke. Uh, I'm saying you come to Israel, and war breaks out. Well, I, that's kind of really... I mean, I, I made Aliyah a month ago, and two weeks after I made Aliyah, war breaks out. And um, it, I, I'm just in utter shock, and I just want to first say that you know, you and Matt... Uh, have done an incredible job covering uh, everything. And uh, today's show is obviously we're not going to make jokes. I'm not going to you know, be funny. What I do want to talk about, uh, I, I want to talk about maybe some inspiring things, some, some, some positive things that have happened um, that are happening um, with Israel and the Jewish people. And I, and I want to talk about um, a little bit about my experience of, as a, a new immigrant here and how I basically come to Israel and a, a major, major war comes out. It's, it, war breaks out. It's not like just, you know, I've been here before when just, you know, they kind of shoot rockets and it ends after a couple hours. Um, obviously, the, 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 the horror of, of what happened um, over Simchat Torah um, and I was uh, obviously it was during Shabbat, so I didn't even know anything until after uh, Shabbos was done. And um, I, when I moved here, I was temporarily staying in Kiryat Arba. And if people don't know where that is, um, it's kind of about thirty minutes south of Jerusalem. Is that about right, Tamar? Sorry, I was just getting some details from some uh, news source. Sorry, what did you say? <laughs> Isn't this terribly <laughs> as a co-host, and I'm not even paying attention to him. I was saying that when I first came here, I was temporarily staying in Kiryat Arba. Which yes, you I'm were. Telling our, I'm telling our viewers that it's about 30 minutes south of uh, uh, Jerusalem. It's a little more. It's it, a little more. A little more. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it's next to Hebron. And we were, you know, it's a, it's a big uh, Jewish community, a yeshuv, but it's, it's pretty big. But it's surrounded by Arabs. And um, so I was coming up to uh, Hedera uh, to... Uh, be with a friend to celebrate Shabbat. And basically when this broke out, <laughs> I was, thank God I was here, but then I was stuck in Hadera and I couldn't get back to uh, Kiryat Arba. And it was a little too dangerous. And just to let uh, some people know, some uh, information, some news updates from, from the family that I was staying at, that there was like shootings going outside of the Yeshuv because it, there's Arab villages surrounding the whole entire uh community and um and there was also uh by the yellow gas station right at the bus stop which i wait for to come to jerusalem or really to leave Kiryat Arba to go anywhere where i want to go in israel um you know they they shot and killed a, a terrorist so i said you know what i'm gonna stay here in Hadera, <laughs> which is a big city in the center of the country and it's kind of um 
it's been very quiet here uh, throughout this whole thing. I haven't heard one alarm, uh, not one rocket, not one the Iron Dome. I haven't heard any of that stuff. And it's really hard to believe that there's a major, major war going on. And, and because of where I am, it's just been so quiet. Have you ever been to Hadera? Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, you know, some people don't, don't get around a lot. I, I, I don't okay. know. Okay. Yeah. So it's been really quiet here. And it's, 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 um, so anyway, so last Thursday, um, I said, that's it. I, you know, my, my family was worried. I was getting texts and hundreds of phone calls and messages. Are you okay? Are you alive? What's going on? Um, and so finally I said, you know what, I'm going to go to, um, Kirit Arba, I'm going to get the rest of my things because basically for a week I was living in like two pairs of clothes. <laughs> Not really a lot. I had nothing with me and we couldn't do the show last week, as you remember, because I was stuck here. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, so I went with a friend of mine. Um, we drove from um, Hadera to Jerusalem to the bus station. This was Thursday night. And then we were going to take a bus to Kirit Arba because it was, it's too dangerous to drive to Kirit Arba in a car. And um, I found it absolutely fascinating for me because when I when we drove into uh, Jerusalem, the whole city and I made, and it was dark. There were no street lights. I mean, I had the lights on in the car and I still couldn't see where I was going. And the bus station was literally empty and half the stores and half the restaurants in the Jerusalem Central bus station were closed and it was uh, empty. And I tell you, the only good thing about this was there was literally no traffic. The streets were empty and going, taking a bus from Jerusalem to Kiryat Arba, I didn't see one car on the road on Route 60 um, and, and the various routes. And we got there in like no time, like in 25, less than 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found it absolutely fascinating because... Before this broke out, when I would travel from Kiryat Arba to Jerusalem, there was, oh, my God, there was so much traffic. And it would take sometimes 45 minutes to over an hour just to get to Jerusalem. Here it took like less than 30 minutes. And I just found it it was kind of eerie and spooky that and and the yeshuv was kind of like kind of dark. There were a lot of soldiers there, uh, which was good. Um, but anyway, I got my stuff and got out of there. And then when we were waiting uh, for the bus, uh, thank God, uh, the person I was with, she was uh, really scared. She didn't want to go to Kirit Arba. <laughs> but thank God there was a lot of soldiers there at the bus stop. And I actually met a lone soldier. or not? He wasn't a lone soldier anymore, but he was from New York, <laughs> which I thought was kind uh, of... A lone uh, soldier, um, for anyone who doesn't know, is someone who's serving in the IDF that doesn't have parents living here in Israel. They're basically alone. They don't have, on the weekends, uh, when they're allowed to go home, usually maybe once every two weeks or something, they don't have a parents or a family to go home to and eat with the Sabbath and to stay within holidays. Right. and to wash their clothes and to give them more food, etc. So uh, there are organizations that chip in and they help these people and they get adoptive families, etc. Yeah. So he was there with a bunch of extra added security, so it was fine, and my, my, my friend was felt safe. <laughs> then we got back on the bus, zipped back to Jerusalem, and um, yeah, and then now I'm here in Hadera permanently. Um, which is, uh, which is, uh, good because I feel a lot safer. And, um, but anyway, I wanted to, uh, just share some inspiring stories, um, that I found, um, and feel free if, if you have anything too, um, you can, you know, interrupt tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's okay. 
Um, but let me uh, let me pull this up. So actually, well, first the uh, the first um, the first story I wanted to uh, talk about was actually now this 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 headline comes like a like a would sound like a regular lighten up story. The headline is actually funny. Here's the headline. This is unbelievable. It says a woman held off Hamas savages using a vacuum cleaner and a rolling pin. Did you hear about this? I did not hear about that. This is unbelievable. This woman, she was, uh, it was her uh, family. Hang uh, on a moment. What? Hang on one okay. moment. We're just getting uh, a red alert for the community of near, uh, uh, near Oz. And uh, this is in the south around the, the um, Gaza Strip belt. People there are running for cover now. The red alert siren's going off that something is being fired into their area, a rocket or something. And uh, we're wishing the safety for all of our people. This is, if you're hearing this on a replay, we're talking about this on Monday at 5.11 p.m. Israel time. Go ahead. Okay. That's funny that that's where the rockets are coming from because this is exactly where the, this woman was living in the kibbutz in near Oz. Uh, she managed to save her life and that of her daughter by barricading themselves into a safe room using a vacuum cleaner and a rolling pin. Now, these, uh, what I found out is a lot of these bomb shelters, and from, if anyone listened to the show two weeks ago, I was living in a bomb shelter in Kiryat Arba. There's no lock on the door, uh, or I guess it's on the inside. I, I'm not sure, but it's for safety reasons. They don't put locks in the door. Um, and it says here this woman... Uh, she ran into, she heard all the chaos. She ran into the, 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 the bomb shelter, realizing that there's no lock on the door. Um, she's, you know, was terrified. She, um, so she, uh, she realized that it was ill-equipped to keep out, um, Hamas, the terrorists, because it didn't have a, uh, a lock. And apparently all Israeli buildings erected after 1993 are required to have bomb shelters. Any building that is before 1993 doesn't have a bomb shelter. So you have to, like, I guess, either go under the stairs or there's, like, a community bomb shelter outside. Is that correct? Well, yeah, if you can get to it in time. If you're living along the Gaza Belt region, you have 15 seconds or so. There's So there's no time to get to anything public, especially if it's nighttime and you wake up and you've got kids that you got to wake up and get out of bed and get to a shelter no way it's impossible in 15 seconds right right um so this woman was starting to panic and she started texting and calling people from the safe room uh, uh saying how do i lock this door how do i like this how do i lock this door and nobody knew what to do um and then she said her brother sent her a picture of how he had locked his door with two broomsticks so she she frantically looked around in, in this bomb shelter and she found a, a like a, a vacuum a Dyson vacuum which is like skinny and a rolling pin and that's what she used and I guess she crisscrossed it so the door would be locked and it saved her life. Wow. Um, I mean, the headline alone is like when I first read it, I was like, wow, uh, that was unbelievable. Um, yeah, I just and want to so insert she, in here, I, I, I uh, did a show on this before, and I, I had mentioned it, but we have new people listening all the time. And one of the ways that the terrorists were able to make their slaughter against these families was if they if they were barricaded inside of their bomb shelter in their house, the, it's, it's called the safe room, or in Hebrew, it's a, the mamad. Uh, what they did was they t- went out to the cars in front, and they took the tires off of the cars, and they put the tires 
into the house and they set them on fire to try to smoke them out with choking black smoke until the people themselves opened the door or the window trying to escape and then they slaughtered them. Horrific. Wow. Yeah, there have been a lot of um, horrific, horrific stories and videos and stuff that I've seen that I'm absolutely not going to mention. I'm really trying. I, 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 I don't know about you. I mean, this is your job. You know, my, our job here on Lighten Up is to tell amusing, crazy, weird, wacky stories, make jokes, make fun of everything that's going on in the world. Um, and I don't like to really get involved. And in, some of the stuff has been so um, awful to yeah. look at, uh, horrible, that I can't, I, I don't even want to watch it. I, 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 I can't. And I, I just, it's just what's going on. I'm still like in shock. I still don't believe that this is happening. Um, but I will say this, which is really nice. And how, how rare is this that finally, uh, unfortunately, uh, it has to come uh, to the slaughter of, uh, you know, over a thousand Jews in one day for the world to actually uh, side with Israel, to, 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 to have uh, support. How do you... Uh, how do you um, how does that uh, what do you think about that? Do you think this is going to be ongoing support or do you think, you know, in maybe two or three weeks from now, a month from now, it's going to fade and people are going to go back to not caring anymore? It's already happening. You're seeing college campuses all over the United States with young people who are supposed to be idealistic and they're all marching for Hamas and the Arabs there in Gaza. And uh, already also when, uh, you know, the the Arabs are very good in Pallywood. They yeah. will take uh, pictures of uh, a bombed out building that we've already told residents, we've dropped flyers, we've made phone calls, we uh, all sorts of things that we've done, or we've warned them that this area is going to be bombed, get out and go down south, try to get to the Egyptian border so you can run and flee. Um, and what they'll do is they'll take bodies if, if somebody was killed, and then they'll put like little teddy bears down there so it looks like children, all these like... 30,000 children were killed, which is all lies. Okay, uh, we're getting another uh, red alert sirens now for Tel Aviv and right. uh, Ramat Gan, Cholon. Um, well, it's getting up towards your area. <laughs> Be- oh, um, because Chadera, Chadera is, of course, is above Cholon um, and Tel Aviv. But um, uh, yeah, so uh, we're praying for the uh, people who are right now running for cover, trying to get out of the way of these missiles, because when they're reaching already Tel Aviv, these are not, these are not rockets, they're already missiles, and uh, we're praying for our people there. Again, if you're hearing this broadcast, we're speaking on Monday. This is 5.17 p.m. Israel time. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention what you, you talked about, the college kids and the campuses. First of all, I saw that... Um, uh, in my own home city of Philadelphia, as soon as this war breaks out, and of course, every time something happens in Israel, you get all the anti-Semites and all the hatred, and now it's really escalated big time. But I know in, I know in Philadelphia, they had a huge Arab, Arabs, thousands of Arabs or hundreds of Arabs, I couldn't tell, marching with flags, uh, you know, Palestinian flags, and they, they, they do their chant, you know, from the river to the sea, and... Uh, that was going on in Philadelphia. Okay, I sorry saw a huge to march. interrupt. We're having more red alert sirens going off now in uh, Rishon Lezion and Batyam. This is also the Tel Aviv area. It's a little bit right. more uh, south, and uh, we're uh, praying for the safety of the people who are running to shelters right now to try to get out of harm's way. Go ahead. 
um, thank you for those updates. Um, so I saw a lot of those marches uh, in my home city of Philadelphia. I saw a huge march in um, Tampa, Florida. I saw, of course, in New York, uh, where they were attacking uh, uh, Hasidic Jews in the uh, Diamond District. And, um, and of course, Europe, which is always um, an awful anti-Semitic um, whatever. I can't say the word, but uh, it's basically one big giant caliphate. Uh, in England, right, Britain, there was thousands and thousands and thousands of march. Uh, it's just awful what's, uh, how these people can stand for um, <laughs> Hamas and what they did and the awful atrocities. I mean, the Nazis didn't even do what these guys have done. I mean, that's how bad and, dis- and, aw- and disgusting it is. It's just unbelievable to me. Yeah, this um, is the worst attack, they're saying, on, uh, on the, the Jewish people since the Holocaust. This has been yeah, the in worst. One day, in one day. This is our one- 9-11 on steroids because in nine, uh, 9-11, I think 3,000 Americans were killed approximately. Yeah, and in awesome. Israel already... 1,300 have been killed, and we're only a population of less than a, a 11 million people. I, can you but imagine th- what that is? But that 1,300, that was just done on that uh, that one day because they've been finding well, bodies. We're and, in a war uh, now, so uh, unfortunately, right, right. you know, the death toll can rise. We're hoping not. Yeah. And everyone here's got skin in the in the game. I've got two children who are serving. I have a third one that's going to be serving very soon. He's getting here to Israel, um, and uh, because flights were canceled from other from uh, foreign airlines, and he's going to be getting here, and he'll be joining his unit. So I'm going to have more in the the game. And everybody here is somebody that's serving. And if they're not serving, then they're volunteering and running up and down the country, doing things for people. I have another son who's going into the bomb shelters, people whose bomb shelters are the, the doors broken, it doesn't close, or, or right. there's no electricity there or whatever, so they need help. And so he's running around trying to help people get that fixed. So if, God forbid, there's a, an emergency, uh, they're, they're protected. So everybody, right. and the women are cooking and bringing food to soldiers, and, and it's, it's an amazing thing. Here, you want to lighten up story? You should be very proud of the, the nation of Israel because everybody on the home front has joined in in the war effort in some way to try to make things easier for our soldiers, husbands that were called up, fathers that were called up, brothers, sons, etc. Daughters as well were called up. And, and uh, anyone who's a professional at the right age and, and had, has a job. So you're really seeing the nation of Israel working together and they're doing it with happiness and with energy and with a lot of patriotism and, and saying that we are yeah. going to win this war. Yeah. Well, you know, Israel has won every war. We have no choice. We have to win else we won't exist as a people. Right. We have no choice. It's not like America, you know, or any other country that have lost wars, won wars. So, um, it's it, 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 what you said is, is really unbelievable. I would like to say that I saw a lot on the news um, that uh, a lot of like Israelis that are living overseas, they're flying back to Israel, uh, whether it be in the reserves or, or you know, to, to, to help fight uh, Israeli men and women. And I actually had two friends who were in the uh, airport. Uh, I think it was uh, in uh, in either in Newark. And um, they were going to uh, Portugal, Spain, or Portugal, excuse me. And um, they said that the LL uh, section of the airport, it was packed. 
impact people going to Israel. Um, so I think uh, w w uh, you know you're seeing a lot of people, which I hope this I hope this inspires uh, people who are you know living in Galut, uh, even Israelis who have left Israel, they should come back home and 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 and, and uh, stay here, um, because I can tell you that from from my point of view, I've seen you know little skirmishes in the past and where I when I lived in America and I felt utterly helpless, but. Um, I really feel like I, 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 there's a weird sense of calmness. I, I feel confident that you know we are we are protected by Hashem, and um, it's 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 going to be okay. Um, we, we, I have no doubt that we're we're going to win the war. Um, and what you mentioned before about the college kids, I did I did have a story apparently in in, in Harvard University, which is a very leftist organization. They're very anti-Israel. Um, the students there. Uh, so apparently they put on social media a bunch of a bunch of Harvard students um, uh, put on social media that they stood for Palestine and free Palestine and all of this stuff. It was 34 students and now they're trying to desperately backtrack <laughs> you know everything because apparently um, the Wall Street, uh, people, you know, they're going to graduate from Harvard, and then they're going to try to find a job. All the people on Wall Street, they all saw this, uh, all the CEOs, and they said, guess what? We know what you look like. You put your face on um, social media. We're boycotting you, and when you get out of Harvard, you're never going to work in Wall Street because we're not going to hire you. Hmm. Isn't that, I thought that was amazing. That is, that is something. Yeah, anybody who can stand for people who cut off little babies' heads and rape and torture and kidnap grandparents and everything. I know you want to keep the show light, so I, I'll, I'll stop there. That's but right. anyone it's, who no, takes you, their they side need to know the truth. should not, I would not want to be working with as a colleague. I can tell you that. I would not want right. to work with those right. people. Yeah. So I, 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 let me ask you a question. Uh, do you know how many people that were called up to the reserves, how many showed up? Uh, did they call up? Uh, I, Percentage-wise, like 50% showed up. I have no idea. 130%, some say even 150% showed up to wow. serve. Even, wow. Even older men who fought in the War of Independence, they're like in 90 years old, 85, 95 years old, put on their uniforms to go and do whatever they could in order to help the the uh, the home front, um, because this is a war that's hitting the home front. This is not a war on just on the borders of Israel. You see, Jerusalem is being attacked, the capital city in the center of Israel. Go take a, a look at the map of Israel, and you'll see where Jerusalem is. Tel Aviv is the center for commerce, for e uh, economics, for uh, the 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 economy, for high tech, etc. Yes, uh, yes. And they're being targeted. And the entire country, and, and in the north now as well. The north front is slowly opening up with the Hezbollah and Syria. Yeah. Um, you know, and isn't it strange where just, what, a couple months ago we were talking about on this show, and you were talking about on your shows, how uh, with all of the reform, judiciary reforms, that uh, the, 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 the news story was, Half the army is gonna is not gonna show up and re, and, and fight if something right, happens. Right, right, I remember that. Yeah, and, 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 and that was just what six months ago, and maybe less. less. And, and 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 now and now look, yep. you're saying a hundred percent. Everyone, this is unfortunately 
this is what needs to happen uh, for for the Jewish people to be unified. I mean, forget political left and right. I mean, we should always be like this. You know, you can have disagreements, but um, for you know, it was really disheart disheartening for hearing the soldiers or people saying, "Well, I'm not going to show up and fight if something happens." Well, obviously, there it was just talk. <laughs> um, I did want to say this. Um, you know, a lot of people uh, the, uh, talk about this uh, as far as uh, on, a, on a biblical level. Um, our prophets talk about this, um, about what's going on now. And it's just it's all through the Tanakh. You know, look, if you read the Tanakh, if you study Torah, you know, when the Jewish people aren't doing what we're supposed to be doing, bad things happen. And I found this story, which I found absolutely incredible. And there was a... Um, a, uh, a kibbutz. Um, I'm trying to find two yeshuvim. It was they were on the Gaza border, and I've, I'm trying to get the names of them. Um, but anyway, they were keeping Shabbos. There were the uh, there was the only kibbutz that really kept Shabbos. Um, and there's a video of Hamas going to their gate and trying to get in, and <laughs> they. For some reason, you look at this video and you say to yourself, how stupid are these terrorists? Just climb over the gate. But for some reason, they didn't. And no, everyone was keeping Shabbos. So the gate wasn't going to be open because no one was there to open the gate. And Hamas, I don't know, snooped around there for a little bit. I, I saw the video and they just got into their little trucks and they left. And the whole yeshuv was, the whole kibbutz was spared. Because they kept Shabbos. Did you hear this story? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the other kibbutzim, by the way, that uh, do not keep the Sabbath, it, meaning that the the residents there, they drive their cars on the Sabbath, which uh, uh, an observant Jew does not do on the Sabbath. And uh, they waited. The gates were also closed there. However, when a car did come home from, I don't know, wherever they went, uh, and they they opened up the gate, that's when they were oh. uh, attacked. They were killed. There's very, very horrible oh, I, video I footage I, showing I the car rolling in with half the body out of the car dead. And um, they they got in through that way, that people who were traveling in. It's a horrible, horrible, horrible story. Yeah, as as that, the days goes on, more horrible stories are coming out, more horrible details are coming out. Well, I liked, I loved uh, the fact that uh, in this yeshuv that uh, everyone was spared. Um, the Hashem was protecting them because the Jewish people were doing what they were supposed to be doing. Um, and um, they were keeping Shabbos. But when you watch the video, it, it, the, the gate's not even that big. I don't understand why they couldn't just figure out how to climb over it, and they didn't, which is, which. I mean, that just tells you that Hashem, is, uh, Hashem protects the Jewish people, and, you know, he'll put in their minds <laughs> that, you know, oh, I don't know how to figure out how to get over this gate. Um, but I just thought that was an amazing story. I think you guys, if anyone wants to look that story up, I found it on the Yeshiva World. And there's and you can see the video of, of Hamas coming to this big yellow gate and they're messing around in the gate and then eventually they just leave. They they can't figure out how to get in. It's 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 unbelievable. Um I also want to mention, as you you spoke about earlier, all the Jewish people that are coming together, um, all the donations, um, uh, apparently underwear is a big problem here now. Uh, underwear, socks, um, not just food, uh, but clothing, even women, uh, women's, uh, women's needs, like female products are needed for the female sh soldiers. And um, 
there and diapers and for all these communities that are in the south um and even for soldiers too and i would like to plug um uh, unity warriors if anyone would like to uh help out if you're not living in israel and you want to help out if you want to go on to unitywarriors.com uh this is a great organization that i do work with and uh that the guys who um um start it are good friends of mine ben goldstein and uh, sean benyamin and uh, you can go on there and they are giving out tons of combat knee pads uh, uh gl- like gloves for the soldiers also trauma kits which uh which are like high high end trauma kits which can save the life of a soldier who is either shot or 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 anything that has happened to him they can stop the bleeding um and if you go on their website uh unitywarriors.com um it pops right up and uh you can donate a life-saving medical kit for your IDF heroes and you just click on donate now and um you know you can donate the um the uh, the life saving trauma kits, or you or you can just give them money. Uh, that's really a big thing that is needed now, right? Money and food and clothing, right? Tomorrow. <laughs> uh, it depends what. <laughs> it depends what because people, you know, there's a story in in the Torah when uh, the Jewish people are in the desert and uh, were commanded to build the Mishkan, um, which is the tabernacle in English. The princes right. of the tribes waited and they said, well, let's let the, the littler, you know, the average people donate whatever they have and whatever's missing because we're wealthier. We will uh, then, you know, finish up the job. We'll complete it. And the people gave so much that it was, they had they had to tell them to stop giving. And there was nothing that the ah. older, pe- the, the richer, uh, you know, right. more distinguished c- could could give the princes of the tribes. And it teaches us a lesson not to wait. If you want, if a mitzvah, if a good deed, an opportunity comes your way to be zealous about it and to run to try to do it because it could just go stale later. It could pass you over so we want to all do that and a lot of the people have just the soldiers have so much I, i'll have a cute story to tell you uh, my son was telling me that uh everybody's going over there and they're bringing them food they're bringing them schnitzel and and they're making barbecues for them and hamburgers and and rice and and all these beautiful dishes he says yeah. he says mom he says ima which is mother in hebrew he says i i mean i'm eating better here now than at home because when he first got there they were getting these um, uh, what is it called? These MR, MRE? No, wait. The battle meals. What are they called? The M. Me- I don't know. There's a. It's Rations? A, yeah. The, uh, yeah. The army. Yeah, army food is. And army it's food horrible. Is not good. It's horrible. It's horrible. And and he yeah. says he says he just had a can of tuna. That's all he ate. He's like, I saw a picture of him. He lost weight. And then the the people started to get into the picture because they saw that the government was failing. Uh, in its ability to do what needed to be done. And so everybody came in and did that. And he was saying that anything that a soldier needs, he just says so. Like, you know, if I need this medicine or I need this or that or this, they run, run, run to get it for them. And so one of the, it was so much so that one of the the soldiers was joking, um, I need a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. 
Well, if you want to get involved and do something, there's uh, I, like I said, I personally uh, give to Unity Warriors. So just if you, anyone wants to go on the site, uh, unitywarriors.com, and uh, you'll go on the site, and a big pop-up comes up. We're at war, and you can donate uh, life-saving uh, trauma kits or just give them money, and they personally go down there, and they give, uh, they hand out the soldiers. They hand out the equipment and anything they need um, for the soldiers, um, and, it, and, it's, and it's really uh, it's unbelievable. Speaking of uh, food, I did uh, have a story here in Canada, which is wonderful. It says, Israel-Hamas war. Canadian Jews mobilized through private planes and challah sales. So uh, in Toronto, after last Saturday, um, they decided to, uh, this uh, Shelby Ungerman and a Toronto community member started a bread baking drive selling traditional Jewish challah. Uh, to help raise more than uh, $12,000, that's in Canadian dollars, uh, they raised $12,000 in 48 hours for Israel. That's a lot of challah, babe. Uh, <laughs> and um, it says here, uh, since then, donations and support in the form of essential goods have been pouring in from across Canada as the country's roughly 335,000 strong Jewish community came together um, to uh, to raise funds. And... Uh, which I thought was, uh, which was uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. And, uh, that's uh, a lot of challah. Yeah. As you're talking, another red alert siren going off again in Nahal Oz. That's in the southern part of the country. People there also taking cover from the incoming uh, rockets their way. We pray for oy, their safety. Oy. Yeah, that's important. Prayer. Prayer is uh, the biggest, the biggest way to help uh, is, is prayer uh, because it works. Um, and uh, also, here's another story that I think uh, I found this on Facebook. It says uh, this is a, a super a superwoman. Did you see this on Facebook? It says this. She's a female IDF soldier. Said this soldier just gave birth two weeks ago and on Shabbat was called up to duty uh, running uh, to run the war room. And, and it says here she's pumping her milk and a military driver brings it home to her baby. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That's I mean, that incredible. is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and there's a picture of her kissing her baby, and she's in, like in her uniform. She's got her gun. Oh my God! I mean, that is just that is just unbelievable. I mean, where else? You know, you just gave birth. They probably don't even expect her to to be called to to go, right? I mean, probably. And uh, here she is. No, nope, no, my baby's two weeks old. Um, uh, you know, our country's been invaded. No, I mean, I, I, I stories like that is is to me is just. I love seeing and reading stories like that. And there was another story about, uh, I don't know if you saw this, this guy, uh, he was like 90 years old. He was one of the original members of the Lehi. Yes, and Ezra he, Yachin, and, hero. And he, uh, which was one of the original freedom fighters uh, in the War of Independence to kick the British out. And um, he, he uh, got his uniform on. There's a picture of him with his uniform on and a gun. Oh, my God, it was incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and by the way, if anybody wants to read an amazing book that's a true story, he wrote a book about his time. It's called El Nakam, E L N A K, not A M, like a mother. El Nakam, it's one word. Uh, and I hope it's still in print. It is an amazing book. He talks about his time as a small a teenager here in pre-state Israel when it was under British occupation and how he joined the Lehi, which is um, 
Oh gosh, what did he call it? The Etzel, whatever. He he was one of the underground groups to for the freedom and uh, <clears throat> and uh, it's just a fantastic, riveting story. True story. Yeah. Um, I, here's another great story that I wanted to share with everyone. Um, and you know, so it's nice to do stories like this. So, you know, I know on the rate, your rate, your job is to give the information and it's, it, the, the details get gory and it's depressing and it's upsetting, yeah, but you know, it's yeah. also good to, to, to bring these types of stories to let everyone know how, uh, Israel and the whole world really is coming together and especially the Jewish community all over the world in Israel and in Galut and, uh, really, you know, putting Galut aside the their exile, differences for anybody who doesn't know. The, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, the exile. Here's a, 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 an Israeli tech company, uh, te- a bunch of tech companies rallied to support the idea of soldiers and victims of uh, Hamas. It says uh, Mobileye. Do you know who they are? Yeah. Uh, uh, they uh, will donate 5 million shekels to nonprofit institutions that help the residents of the South. Um, and it says here, Israel's Economic Leaders Forum raised $28 million from about 250 companies and the bank of Chapolim, which is a big bank here in Israel, is establishing a loan fund of $750 million with no interest, um, wow. which, which is great. Which I, 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 I had a question for you because someone asked me this, and I really don't have the answer to it. Is When this is all done and over, I mean, I've heard that the, the, all of the south is completely evacuated. There aren't even people that are living there anymore. Or no, in uh, Sidor? How do you pronounce it? Sterot. Sterot, yeah, the city the of Sterot, is which is about, I think, uh, two or three kilometers from Gaza, um, if I'm correct. Uh, yeah, they were told to evacuate. In fact, um, I was, when, when, you, when you asked me something, I said I wasn't paying attention because I was getting details from the news. Um, it's approximately 30 different communities in the south have been uh, told to evacuate. 30 different little towns uh, That's right. and communities, as well as uh, uh, almost uh, around 30 in the north now of Israel as well. In the north Correct. of Israel as well. So from the north and south of the country, they're calling on people to evacuate. Tomorrow, God willing, I will be doing a live program and I will be interviewing uh, two people who live in the north, one who already evacuated and why he chose to leave. This was before even the army gave the instructions to leave. They decided to leave with their family. And another one that says, I'm staying. It doesn't matter what. And uh, we're going to find out why. So those that that uh, will be wow. talked about tomorrow. Wow. Well, I, I saw a news story that the, the, the community is completely empty. It's like a ghost town. And uh, a lot of these, some of these families are, are have moved up here to Hadera, Netanya. Um, and they put them in these, uh, I don't know, they have homes for them or hotels. I'm not sure. Um, a lot of them are being put up in hotels and a lot of people are absorbing families. There's a list yeah. on the social yeah. media that people are passing around. If you want to host a family that has, that's had to flee their homes, they're looking for people to host them and people are taking in complete families and let me remind people that in israel a family it's it's not like one or two kids like sometimes you're talking about six kids seven kids eight kids even more uh we have large families here family is a big big value here in israel and it's a very big mitzvah to do that to take and you see the loving loving arms and care of the people of israel towards each other doing that so it's really really inspiring so i just want to mention this before uh, i hand hand everything back to you is that as uh, these uh, terrible 
people around the world are marching for the monsters in Hamas and condemning Israel, we're still evacuating cities. 30 cities in the south, approximately 30 approximately cities in the north of Israel are evacuating at this moment, and they're still condemning us. Go ahead. Well, that's just called mental illness. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you can't even, I don't even want to give them attention. Uh, they're, they're ridiculous, uh, and the world knows they're ridiculous, and it only showing the true hatred. It, it's interesting, if you read in this week's Parsha, Parsha Noach, and why uh, Hashem decided to, uh, you know, destroy the world with the flood and he talks about all the corruption and the evil and the and the and the thievery and the 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 uh, it, it's it's literally what's yeah. what's what's been going on in this world for the last couple of years uh, and uh you know this just uh proves just how evil people are that even uh, when you're talking about you know killing babies and cutting off their heads and ugh, and these people are still marching um i i did have a question for you someone asked me i don't know but when this is all over and, um, you know, a lot of I've heard a lot of these people on the news that say, you know, when this is over, I'm not I'm not going back to live in the south. It's too dangerous. I'm going to leave Israel. And uh, so I wanted to ask you two questions. One, how I mean, I know it's tr- very traumatic for them. So, it, you know, I hope that's not true. Do you think that that a lot of people will leave Israel because they they don't feel safe? And when this is all over with, is the government going to help rebuild uh, the communities and all the destruction and all the uh, all, all the bombed out buildings and burnt cars that are all over the roads and it's just you know it's a war zone. Yeah, well, look, I can say this: the there's there's always going to be a solution for anybody who's homeless. First of all, a lot of these people have no place to return home to. Their houses have been right. destroyed. They, if you go to these kibbutzim that are along the border there and see what the Hamas did, they burnt them down. They, they, it's devastation. It looks like a bomb, a nuclear bomb went off in, in many of the places there. So there's no yeah. place to go home to. That's number one in some places. And number two, uh, I saw a woman interviewed on the news, and she said, I will not go back until Israel flattens Gaza, and take sovereignty over it. She didn't use that word sovereignty, but basically bringing back Jewish families there until the coast. In other words, goodbye uh, Hamas and all of their terrorist supporters, and you bring back wholesome, peaceful Jewish families there, and then she would go back to her home. Those people in the South were left hefker. Uh, that in Hebrew, that means they were, they were left like without. They were just they were neglected. They, they, it was just the country saw, or I shouldn't say the country, the leadership in the government yeah. knew leadership. how all the time these people are suffering under the rocket fire and the terror attacks and the, ins- uh, and the incursions, the, the infiltrations into the community. And they would go, oh, we're going to take care of it. And they, you know, we're going to find the, you know, the terrorists that did this. But that doesn't help bring the person back, the child back that was killed. And so people are, are just exhausted from it. And they're exhausted from the government not stepping up to what they, what, what they were supposed to be doing, which is to give us security. And in fact, some government ministers last week tried to go to the hospital to visit the wounded and get there, you know, the cameras are there. 
um, to show that, oh, look, this, this, uh, you know, this minister cares. And by the way, they should have done that. They did the right thing by going there. However, they were chased out of the hospital. They were chased out by the families of the patients and they were chased, chased out even by the hospital staff. And they were yelled at and screamed at saying they, and, and they heard them saying, it's your fault that this happened. Get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. And they were chased out. So the people of Israel know very well, you know, how the government is responsible. And after this is all over, not now, we're in the middle of a war, but after this is all over, heads are going to roll. People are going to be fired. People are going to have to resign. People may go to jail. Uh, There's there's going to be an accounting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Not if they're Joe Biden or in America. They never (laughs) go to jail, the politicians in America. I, I really sure hope so because I would I mean they need I really hope uh, that they do they this is the opportunity now you have the world with you go in I know there's going to be uh, soldiers dying and I know it's awful but you know what in the long run if you can get rid of these people and get them out like it says in the Torah we, we got to you know finish the job uh, our problems uh, you know and 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 move Jewish people like you said back into Gaza and it. I mean, if you look at Gaza, it was beautiful when the Jewish people lived there, right? There were like beautiful beaches and beautiful communities, and and these people have. Okay, keep. Uh, we have a caller, so I hang on. Okay, go, oh, go ahead. Okay, Talk until sure. I get him on the air. Okay. Anyway, uh, when I was in Kiryat Arba waiting for the bus, there was a big sign outside, uh, right, right on Route 60, right where the bus turns in, and it said in Hebrew. I didn't know what it said, but I asked. It said, "Burn Gaza." Uh, that was written by. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who it was written by. I asked one of the IDF soldiers, I asked him, hey, did you guys write that sign? He goes, we don't have time to make signs. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny and a good response. Um, Tamar, did you say we have a caller? Hello, caller, are you there? Yeah, we do have a caller. Yeah. We have joining us Kevin from Virginia. Hi there, Kevin. What's your comment or question for us here at Israel News Talk Radio? Hi, uh, my comment is, is we're loving you here and we're praying for you nonstop. And I am praying Psalm 68 for you. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. And let those who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish before God. Amen. 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 Thank you, Kevin. God bless you. Thank Thank you, you for your support. I say that... uh, that te- in Hebrew it's called the the Tehillim, the Psalms. I say that one for you know the the Book of Psalms is divided up between the different women in our community, and that's the one that I say uh, for the community that so we complete the entire Book of Psalms, and uh, so I'm very familiar with it. And thank you, God bless you. And you know what they say, uh, you know what it says in the Bible: those who bless Israel will be blessed, and those who curse Israel will be cursed. And you, Kevin, may God bless you abundantly with all good things. Thank you. Yes. Thank, thank, thank you, Tamar. We love you. We love you. Thank you. Tell everybody about Israel News Talk Radio, because not everybody knows that we exist, and they can get true voices from on the ground here that you don't hear in the regular mainstream media. So that would be great. Thank That's, you, Kevin. Everywhere, everywhere I go, I tell them. We are uh, we are uh, listening and we are praying daily and at night when we wake up and uh, hey, thank we are, you. we're with you. God is with you. 
Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Thank you, you so Kevin. much for your call. Thank you. That was so nice. That was so sweet. Wow. I, I, wow. I want to say also, you know, um, I'm getting a lot of emails from people. And, I, you know, I, I want you to know I read them. I try to read them all. I can't answer them all. So please don't get all angry right. if you don't get an answer. Don't think I'm ignoring you. Know that I most likely read your email. Know that I most likely internalized it. And, uh, and, that, um, and I appreciate it. It's appreciated. Some of the emails I get, oh, boy, I've never heard such hate, hate speech before in my life. <laughs> really oh, terrible things sure. that they're saying, you know. But everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Those are the best kind. I love when Lighten Up gets hate speech <laughs> or gets, you know, hate people mail. think that we're terrible. <laughs> Those are the funniest ones. Um, yeah, so uh, I I, uh, I don't know where, where my train of thought was before for the caller, but thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. And prayers really are the best. And uh, for and you can read Psalms and King David's Tehillims, which I constantly read constantly every day. Um, and with uh, thinking about uh, the, the safety of Israel and the IDF and the hostages and, uh, you know, may Hashem uh, bring them all back uh, safely and eradicate uh, our enemies from this earth. Um, I wanted to uh, end uh, the show on an on a, on a even brighter note uh, for people who love uh, entertainment. Of course, this guy is a big star in Israel. And now he's becoming a big star all over the world. Ishai Rebo, you know who he is, sure. right? Yeah. Yeah. So I found several things that he's first of all, he put on a show for the troops. I have video of him um, uh, singing in front of the troops. And he went into uh, I don't know how he found out or how this mother uh, got in contact with it. But I saw a video of him in a hospital singing one of his biggest hits. I, I, I don't know what it was because it was in Hebrew, but I, I'm familiar with the song. But he was sitting. It was just him and his mother sitting in this uh, ICU room, critical condition room, and the, 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 the patient, the, 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 her son was just laying on the bed with tubes. I don't even know if he knew Ishai Rebo was in there, but it was so beautiful, and he was just singing uh, with his guitar and uh, for, for the complete refuah shlema, which means quick healing, good healing uh, for, this, for this victim of uh, terror. And it was just beautiful to see that everybody is uh, coming together, even a big, big celebrity like that who takes his time and goes uh, into a hospital uh, to sing for critically wounded uh, soldiers or people and also for the soldiers down in Gaza. Yeah. So it, it, it was really nice to see. So I just want to thank you, uh, Tamar, uh, for letting me, uh, you know, for changing the, the show around. I know it wasn't uh, funny, funny, haha. Hopefully, God willing, soon we will be back um, uh, with our regular uh, show. And, um, and unfortunately, uh, our 100th episode was talking about the war with Israel and Hamas. Um, so may God uh, bless the Jewish people. God bless Israel and our IDF soldiers and the hostages. And, um, you know, if everyone can just continue to pray, uh, that would, that's, the, that's the greatest thing. Uh, just cry out to Hashem, and uh, he'll take care of the rest. So uh, thank you very much. And I will, uh, God willing, see everybody uh, next week, next Monday, on Lighten Up on Israel News Talk Radio.